0: Welcome to the How to Survive a Horror Movie podcast, where we learn how to survive horror movies and maybe how to survive life. I'm Ryan Stacy, and this week we're looking at 1988's Child's Play. We're finally getting the last OG movie off the wheel. Finally, going to visit Chucky. I'm excited about this, and I hope you are too. My guest this week is a brand new guest. He was supposed to be on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre podcast, but got sick. But no, he's finally here. He's healthy for once, and he's my very esteemed
1: guest, Nick Guimont. Oh, thank you, esteemed. Nick, how are you doing? I, I'm I'm feeling great. I We made it through the movie, yes. and I didn't, I didn't feel too violated or... Or any other two strong feelings, but we're... That's good. We're getting there.
0: That's good. Uh, I can't say the same about some of my other guests, so, you know, we're doing good then. Perfect. (laughs) So, you've never seen Child's Play before?
1: No, I've never seen it. I have seen clips and Get the Premise, but never sat down and watched it.
0: Okay. Uh, What did you think of the movie?
1: What did I think of the movie? I feel like it's the first real original idea of a horror movie that i've seen in a long time like i i feel like i i've seen or i get the the slasher the psychological thriller thing but i haven't seen a movie based on a a doll <laughs> which was on which was a nice twist
0: it is fun um i like child's play it's not my favorite in this series i do think it gets stronger this is probably my second favorite horror franchise behind only nightmare on elm street i think i'm a okay. big fan of this series um and i think it, it's a great start to a fun franchise Uh, So I'm glad you liked it. So the point of this podcast is to create a master list of rules to survive any and all horror movies. And our current list, which has 35 rules. Oh, my gosh. That's way too many. (laughs) And you can check that out at our Twitter account at HowToHorror, where we keep the list. We update the list every week. And that's also where we'll post the podcast. You can always just follow us there. At the very end, we'll give out awards for the character who did the best job at following the rules and the character who did the worst job. But we're going to be going through the entire plot of this movie beat by beat, decision by decision. So it goes without saying, spoiler alert, we're going to be spoiling this entire movie. So if you haven't seen Child's Play, I would recommend going to watch it. Would you recommend it?
1: Yes, I would watch it.
0: Yes. Yeah, just go check it out before you listen to this podcast. There's plenty of movies out there that aren't worth watching, but I think this one is. So without further ado, let's get into Child's Play. So we start the movie with... Charles Lee Ray, who is played by Brad Dourif, you may know as Wormtongue from Lord of the Rings. And he is running for his life because he's a serial killer. And he's being chased by Detective Mike Norris. He's he's a cop and he is chasing the Lakeside Strangler, I think is his serial killer name. Uh, So right off the bat, the, the main thing we look for, the first thing we look for here is rule number one is knowing when you are in a horror movie. The first rule to survive a horror movie is knowing that you are in one. Well, I think we have rule number one right here with Detective Mike Norris. You know, I, a lot of the time, I think detectives should always,
1: like, assume they're in a horror movie. That's, I think that's a fair assumption.
0: Especially if you're chasing serial killers.
1: Into a toy store. Yes. Horrifying. That's fair.
0: So, Detective Norris, guess what? You're in a horror movie. So, no excuses. So, anyway, Charles is running for his life, and he gets in a shootout in the streets of Chicago. Uh, Chicago, you say? <laughs> and Detective Mike Norris gets a shot on him. And he's got backup coming in, they're they're closing in. It's it's getting towards the end for Charles Lee Ray. He's trying to make it to his accomplice, Eddie Caputo, who's waiting in a car nearby. Eddie sees these other cops rolling in, he's like, uh uh-uh, uh, I'm out of here. You know what? For Eddie, rule number thirty five, no one to cut ties. He followed it. That's for sure. He's f- just like, Nope, I'm gone. Bye. He's a fan of the podcast. <laughs> yes, Eddie Caputo. He's been taking notes. Big fan. He knows when it's a lost cause, and he just abandons Charles. And in any normal circumstances, he would have gotten away with that just fine.
1: Absolutely. No but, problems.
0: Unfortunately, we have voodoo in this movie, and Eddie's going to have some problems.
1: <laughs> to everyone's surprise.
0: <laughs> uh, Eddie does end up getting arrested off screen. We'll get into that stuff later. But Charles, he's, he's screwed. He's got no chance. So he hides inside of a toy store and gets shot again by Mike. And he's dying. It's over, but before he dies, he somehow does a voodoo curse spell thing ritual and passes off his soul into the body of a good guy doll, which is a giant kid-sized doll, which causes lightning to roll in and blow up the store
1: (laughs) through... Through one of the millions of moon windows yeah. in each building of yep. Chicago. Yeah.
0: Fun fact: every building in Chicago has got one of these. Apparently, it
1: was an uh, an architectural uh,
0: flaw. Flaw, I suppose. Now, <laughs> yeah, you gotta prepare for those voodoo curses.
1: One thing I was interested in is why why the good guy doll. I mean, you you have your choice of any toy, and they're like, if you I was gonna live if I knew I was gonna have to go and live inside of another object via voodoo. Pick the, pick the dinosaur sitting right there. Yeah. Who, do, who doesn't want to be a stegosaurus? Or like a Lego. Do, Lego yes. Just just a normal yellow Lego brick.
0: But he just kind of falls over and knocks a bunch of the good dead elves over and they just happen to be there. And He's bleeding took advantage out. of it.
1: You he's, gotta take advantage of the situation.
0: It's ambiguous at first whether or not the spell works, and at this point in time, Charles Lee Ray's body is dead. So... Let's just say, for example, there's no voodoo, or the spell didn't work, and Charles Lee Ray dies here. Let's let's talk about what he did wrong, and it's really just one thing. Rule number four: Don't be a menace. If you're a serial killer, odds are you're gonna get killed by the cops at some point. So don't murder people.
1: That would be a good place to start.
0: Yeah, I think that's about it for him. I mean, obviously he gets shot, and you know what can you do about that, but. He wouldn't have gotten shot if he wasn't a menace.
1: Exactly. After after you commit the crime, you kind of paint yourself into a corner. Not much not yeah. much you can do there. That's about all I got for Charles.
0: But fortunately for Charles Lee Ray, he, his voodoo stuff works. And they're kind of ambiguous about that in the movie, but we're just going to say it for the record. Yeah, it worked. He's a doll. Killer doll now. Spoiler. Yeah. Hey, we, we gave him a spoiler <laughs> alert. That's fair. <laughs> we meet the most adorable little kid ever, Andy Barkley. And he's like five or six. He's like a, He's a little kid. And it's his birthday, and he really wants a good guy doll for his birthday. This kid is really adorable. I don't like kids, and this kid's awesome.
1: The kid, the kid is cute. He could ease up on the sugar in the cereal. To be fair, that wasn't for him. That was for his mom. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. All right, new new rule: don't make your mom into a diabetic. <laughs> <laughs> by feeding her an ass load of sugar yes
0: <laughs> that's a, uh, approximately one ass load of sugar <laughs> so andy gets his presents from his mom karen who's a single mother and she's kind of struggling and she can't afford the good guy doll right now she feels really bad about it andy's disappointed and so later when she's at work at the department store her best friend and co-worker maggie comes in it's like hey there's a guy out back this homeless guy out back selling a good guy doll come quick and buy it Sure,
1: I guess. I mean, that's weird. <laughs> Why not? That seems like a normal normal thing to happen.
0: Yeah, I guess so. The 80s were a weird time, I guess. So she goes outside and the guy sells it and they barter a little bit. She is for 30 bucks, and they go for 100 normally. That's a steal.
1: No wonder she went and bought it from the homeless guy. Yeah, I, I, you know, 70% if, discount? If there wasn't a psycho
0: it. killer inside, it'd be a good, great deal. Absolutely. Karen's got to work late. She, she's got enough time to go pick up Andy from school and bring him home, but... The boss is making her work late, so Maggie agrees to babysit. N- nice friend, Maggie. She, she brings Andy home, gives him the doll. He's stoked. The doll's name is Chucky. It's the best day ever for this kid. So Maggie's babysitting Andy, and a news report comes on saying that Eddie Caputo managed to escape. More at nine, kind of thing. And Chucky, he hears this, and his head, like, turns towards the TV, like, oh, really? <laughs> well, that's interesting. <laughs> Chucky whispers to Andy, we don't hear this, but Andy tells Maggie, like, hey, Maggie, Chucky wants to stay up and watch the 9 o'clock news.
1: He just wants to get caught up on what's happening in the community.
0: Yeah, that's nice. Very civic of him. Maggie's like, okay, but no, and puts them both to bed. For the record, though, with Andy, this doll is talking to him. It's, it's hard to judge Andy's uh, decisions in this movie because he's five, but anybody else, if the doll's talking to you, that's rule number one you're in a horror movie, I think.
1: I I would say it's pretty—even at five or six years old, you should probably know that, hey, this doll that I got for my birthday probably shouldn't be telling me it wants to watch the news or later on, while your aunt's a bitch.
0: It's it's weird. It's not quite there yet, but that that will happen, and at that point, you should—I mean— Again, he's five. I don't want to be too hard on this kid. I don't like kids, but i have got to be a little bit fair here.
1: Something's up. Something's, Something's up, up.
0: But we, we can't be too hard on him in this movie. And I think for the most part, he's pretty good. He, he, he does what he can. He, he's, he's, he's competent for a five-year-old. Yes. While Andy's brushed his teeth, Maggie hears the TV turn on. And there's Chucky watching the news. And Eddie Cabuto managed to escape custody during a prison transfer. So he's on the run. And Maggie gets mad at Andy. It's like, okay, quit playing games. Puts them both to bed. But Andy's like, no, I didn't do it. It wasn't me. <laughs> but we can't be mad at Maggie because, like, okay, no, of course the doll didn't do it. And that's fair. It's not established that dolls can come to life and kill people yet in this universe. Right. So I don't think we can hold that against anybody until the evidence is, like, smacking them in the face. That's a ridiculous thing, especially coming from a five-year-old.
1: Yeah, I feel like a lot of the dialogue between the between Andy and any adult in this film all the adults kind of seem like a bitch just because we're in on this doll being real but you can't you can't really blame them for not believing in it or at least being skeptical
0: i spent the whole movie like trying to see it from their perspective and basically everything they do is completely rational it's like that's ridiculous absolutely just stop now so chucky sneaks out of andy's room during the night while maggie's reading a book and she hears this noise and she thinks you know she's like andy was that you and then ignores the noise and keeps reading Yo, know, you're babysitting. You should probably go see if that was Annie and put him back to bed.
1: I, I would at least, like, make visual contact with the child, yep. see where it is, not just kind of look around.
0: Rule number three is do your damn job. Don't be a terrible babysitter. You know, check on the kid. And she's not doing, like, a terrible job, but, you know, if you hear weird noise, the kid might be out of bed, and we should probably go check.
1: Could do better. Could do, could better. do better. Could do
0: worse. Could do worse. Could, could do better. But then she hears another noise of Chucky moving a chair. Finally, she gets up to go check. And there's a chair barricading here, and the chair is blocking the door. That's weird. That's really weird. Something's up. Rule number one, Maggie, I think you're in a horror movie. Why would... Okay, there's two possible options here, really, in all realism. Andy blocked the door for some reason. That's really weird. If that's the case, it's fine. You just put it away, find Andy, put him back to bed, whatever. There might be some psycho who snuck into the apartment and barricaded you in. That's the other option. I mean... Then there's killer doll option, but we're going to ignore that one for now because that's ridiculous. It's time to lock and load. It's time to grab a weapon at this point, I think. Yeah, fig- figure out what's going on. Yeah, rule number five is lock and load, and I think she should grab a kitchen knife or something. I don't think that would hurt. Yeah, never hurts to have a knife on No. You, unless you accidentally stab yourself with it. That could hurt. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so Maggie goes in the next room. She hears something coming from the kitchen, and she finds, I think it's flour or sugar spilled all over the place.
1: After some of her actions, I feel like it could just be a whole bucket of cocaine and just... Mm-hmm.
0: That could be the case. And this is the most, I think, the most baffling, stupid decision of the movie. Because the phone rings, right? And she answers it, and it's it's Andy's mom, Karen. And it's like, oh, no, everything's fine. Okay, fine. Calm her down. But then she just goes to clean up the, the sugar, flour, cocaine, whatever it is, and, it, like, forgets. Like, oh, how did that get there?
1: Not to mention... I don't think that they actually talked about anything on their phone call. I think Karen asked about Andy. They got sidetracked on if everything was okay. And then they never went around to, okay, how's how's Andy? Yeah. Just just like how he was never checked on when he was being babysat. It's always, he's kind of an afterthought here. (laughs) Poor kid. But she just starts to clean up like this is no big deal. It's like, yo, you should figure out how this spilled. What are
0: you doing? This, This is so dumb. She should realize she's in a horror movie, and she doesn't. This is just a failure to understand that she's in danger. Yeah. It's it's really bad. I would agree. And then she gets distracted by, like, a haunted plant being in a weird position, and isn't looking around, and is too focused on this plant. So Chucky creeps up on her and hits her in the head with a toy hammer, knocking her out a window.
1: Knocking her, like, a good 15 feet back out of a window. Strong. Strong. arm.
0: So, for Maggie, it's just, she didn't realize she was in a horror movie, which she should have. She wasn't paying any attention. She wasn't doing a great job at being a babysitter at all. And she didn't lock and load when she needed to. It's a whole slew of rule violations for
1: Maggie. I think after she started going down the rabbit hole of the first bad decision or two, she put herself in a position where she's going to end up dead. Yes. If Um, you don't start making good decisions early on. Yeah. You you only got a few seconds to start
0: making the right decisions. And she didn't. So Maggie's dead. Rip. Uh, Carrie returns home to find a crime scene. She goes up to the apartment. And Mike's up there talking to Andy. And Chucky's in the room, too. And Mike's like, yeah, Maggie's dead. And will you come look at this counter, what are these, like, footprints doing on the counter covered in, like, the flour, sugar, cocaine? I don't think it's cocaine. but well, I guess it was the 80s, so maybe the cops were just like, yeah, it's fine. You never know. So the sneakers don't match Andy's. Like, they're not the right size, but they the right style. Chucky's got the same sneakers. Wow. The whole thing's weird. You don't say Mike kind of thinks Andy's responsible for this, and that's totally fair.
1: It's not a bad assumption. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's not to say Andy would do anything on purpose, but it could have been a complete accident. I think that's my first assumption. What is all this flour, sugar? Why is Andy's footprints in here? Andy must have, like, scared her or something and knocked her out the window.
1: Right, and you would think we would figure out more about if Andy did or not. I think going back to if the cops did their damn job, I don't think after, after Karen gets home... And says, no, get out of my house. I feel like they're very quick to say, okay, let me leave this crime scene here. We don't really have any answers right now, but if you don't want us here. Okay, bye. We'll we'll see you later. I don't
0: think that's how it works. This is an active crime scene. I don't think you get to tell them to leave. I
1: don't think so.
0: That's not how it works. (laughs) Uh, But they, they look at Andy's shoes and, you know, it's the same pattern, but there's nothing on his feet. Uh, but this makes Andy curious. So when he gets put to bed, he's like, why were they looking at my shoes? And he notices Chucky's shoes are covered with the white powder. And he knows he's in a horror movie now. He, this is when he does realize it. He's like, oh, Chucky did it.
1: Maybe dolls say weird stuff to you. May, maybe when you're five-year-old, that makes sense. But when the doll starts killing people close to you.
0: Even the five-year-old. Even,
1: even the five-year-old understands that <laughs> something's up.
0: <laughs> and he goes out and he tells Karen and Mike, hey, Chucky did it. And Karen's like, no, that's ridiculous. Cop, get out of here. We also meet Mike's partner, Jack, who's kind of a nothing character, but he shows up from time to time.
1: Yeah.
0: Karen listens, and she hears Andy talking to Chucky, and she, like, goes in to like try and, like, trying to, like, maybe get some answers out of him. She's got to suspect that Andy might have had something to do with it. Like, now that the cops are gone, she can be like, huh, I wonder. Right. So she goes in and starts, like, talking to him. And says, oh, does Chucky talk to you? What does he say? Oh, that uh, his real name is Charles Lee Ray. And Maggie was a real bitch and got what she deserved. Whoa!
1: Strong words. <laughs> from a five year old. From the
0: five year old. See, I didn't say it. Chucky said it. So this has gotten Karen really worried. She's like, you know, he's not real. Right? No, he's real. Chucky's real. He's alive. And she's getting really upset. And Andy's like, oh, I don't want my mom to be upset. Oh, no, I was making it up, mom. I'm not going to blame the kid for this. I mean,
1: no. She's not going to blame
0: you. No matter what you say here, might as well just back down, I guess. Play it cool. Play it cool until you get, like, more evidence, I guess. I mean, that's expecting a lot from a five-year-old. But, right. You know, in a, in a vacuum, that's what you would do in this situation. You need you need more before you can start blaming a killer doll. Absolutely. And that's a little bit of uh, which will come into play a lot here. Rule number nine is be careful what you say. If you're in a ridiculous situation with a killer leprechaun or a killer doll, a dream killer – you have to be very careful with that, what you say to the police, what you say to other people to get them to believe you. I don't know what you say here, but it's like, oh, instead of that killer leprechaun, it's like, oh, there's this crazy guy dressed in green attacking us. Please help! <laughs> he's short and he, he's wearing green.
1: The more, the more you say, we learn, it gets you know, locked up in a mental institution. Yeah,
0: uh, and then if you if you just say enough, it'll get the cops out there and they'll like see it with their own eyes and help you out. In Andy's case, there's nothing he could say here to get anybody on his side. It's, it's No. Sometimes you can't win.
1: He told the truth to both of them. He said he thinks Chucky did it. Yep. Both of them wrote him off. What else are you going to do as a five-year-old? You got to back down and wait. Absolutely.
0: Next day, Karen drops Andy off at school. And immediately, Andy just sneaks away with Chucky. And he gets on board the L train and goes to this terrible neighborhood by himself. And they go to Eddie's house, where Eddie's hiding out. And Andy leaves Chucky to go to the bathroom. Chucky goes inside and opens the oven and blows out the pilot light and turns on the gas now to eddie's credit he's inside sleeping and he hears this he's got a gun already to go
1: he's locked and loaded he's
0: ready he's like oh somebody's coming for me who knows who it is but it could be the police like he's ready so good on eddie he's on guard he's on point with this so he goes downstairs and he's like looking around and he hears weird noises and he starts firing shots at stuff that's not so good
1: Probably shouldn't be taking random shots around the house.
0: It looked like he only had six bullets in his gun. I don't know if he's got any more ammo. Probably not. You don't want to be firing these shots, especially if it's actually nothing. You might give away your position, which is rule number 26, don't give away your position. If you start firing shots, that's going to get attention from cops. So if it wasn't the cops in his house, which it wasn't, that might get the cops over there pretty quick.
1: Absolutely. Drawing attention to yourself. Yeah,
0: uh, that's not good when you're on the run. No. So, he notices Andy outside, but then he hears another weird noise coming from the kitchen, and he just kicks open the door and fires. Not the best move, because it blows up this kitchen and kills Eddie. Rip. Yeah, I I really... Eddie was pretty good, besides being a menace, you know, helping a killer kill, and giving away his position. I don't have anything else for Eddie, do you?
1: No, I feel like he didn't... He didn't have a lot of screen time to make many decisions, and when, when he did, I mean, he was a menace, but after he was a menace... He was locked and loaded. He was very hot and cold through the few scenes he had. Literally, because he blew up. Very true. Ended very hot.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, he managed to escape from the police. That's pretty impressive. Absolutely. You know, Eddie, not too bad. Not too bad a showing for Eddie. Just, you know, bad luck, and maybe he's got to be a little more stingy on the bullets there. Absolutely. The whole house blows up, and this obviously gets the police involved. Uh, So Karen gets called down to the police station, where Andy already is. And they kind of fill her in on the situation. Like, yeah, he was at the crime scene of a guy who got blown up. So that's a problem. And so finally Karen's like, all right, Andy, you got to tell the truth here. Otherwise, they're going to take you away from me. And so Andy's like begging Chucky. It's pretty emotional. Like, say something, Chucky. Say something. And then when Chucky doesn't, he just starts beating on Chucky.
1: Say something, Chucky. I'm giving up on you. (laughs)
0: If I was a child psychologist, I would be concerned with all of this behavior.
1: Absolutely. I feel like something's something's going on.
0: You know, my first thought is, okay, this kid is mentally ill. That's the first thing I think. So, yeah, we should get him away and treat him for whatever condition he has. We should figure out what's going on. So I don't fault anybody for taking him away to to the mental hospital and looking out for him. I think that was the right call.
1: No, I, I agree. I think he showed that he needed some kind of help in the situation that he was in. It's just unfortunate like what can you do yeah you're in an
0: unwinnable game right now i feel bad for i love andy so it sucks so karen goes home with chucky by herself and she's like yelling at chucky to talk now just like there's like a, a hope a hope that andy's not insane and then she checks the box and discovers the batteries were never put in chucky done 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 rule number one karen you're in a horror movie something's going on this this is a great reveal. I love this so much. All of this is awesome. <laughs> so she goes over and picks up Chucky to open the back and checks for batteries. It's empty. And Chucky's head spins around. Hi, I'm Chucky. And she drops him and he falls onto the couch and then she goes back and get him out. It's actually like pretty intense because I couldn't remember when Chucky reveals himself. I was like, oh,
1: when's it going to happen? It definitely comes up on you quick.
0: Yeah. You know, I want to say lock and load here, but at the same time, it's a doll.
1: Yeah, I would. I would say if you're already locked and loaded, you would probably look just as mentally unstable as your son. Yeah, more so than you already do yelling at an inanimate object.
0: Yeah, so I'm not gonna falter for not locking loading here because it's a doll. <laughs> but then I, I like this move. She's like, "Talk or I'm gonna burn you," and turns on the fireplace and it's like, "I'm gonna throw you inside." And finally, he's like. He comes to life. It's like, what does he even say? You fucking bitch or something like something crazy. He calls her a
1: bitch. I'm pretty sure he says you fucking slut. Yeah,
0: just like horrible stuff just out of nowhere. And it's an amazing reveal. It's so good.
1: I would say that was a, it was satisfying, you know, going into this movie, never seeing it, knowing, you know, it's a late eighties movie. I didn't know how big their production budget was, so I had no idea what it was going to look like when Chucky did come alive. So it was a very good surprise when he finally did, and it felt real, and it it felt it
0: was fun. It looks pretty good. It looked good. Yeah, we don't get a lot of big long shots of Chucky, but most of them are pretty good, I think. Absolutely. There's a one or two. It's like that's clearly a guy dressed up. As Chucky. Right.
1: A very a very small child <laughs> running in the background. Yeah. That almost makes
0: me like the movie a little bit more though when I notice things like that. It's like oh. Absolutely. That's
1: that's cute. <laughs> it's what makes it fun.
0: Yep. So, we got a fight scene between him. Chucky ends up biting Karen. And then he takes out running out of the apartment and manages to escape. So, Karen <laughs> goes to Mike and tells him everything. <laughs> you know, again, this is rule number nine. Be careful what you say. But what do you say now?
1: I don't know. Now you're in the same position as your son. It's like, I can tell you the truth. Are you going to believe me? No. no. But what what else am I going to say?
0: Because Karen's main goal is to get her son out of the hospital. She Her son is sane. Right. She needs to prove that it's not necessarily about survival for her; it's saving her son. Right. I don't know what to say. This is so crazy. Like, there's nothing else to do because this option's already been thrown out and dismissed by everybody. But now we got to bring it back. We got to put it back on the table. Right. So, yeah, I'm. I gotta side with Karen and what she did here. I gotta sign off on it. Her
1: rationale's fine. Like, you're going to the cops. You know, you're telling the truth. Yeah. What What more can you do? As so, crazy as it sounds. You got
0: the one cop closest to this case, the most likely person to believe you. Of course, he doesn't believe you, but yes. what do you do? Rule number 17 is never give up. The next thing you try might work. That's what Karen's doing here. And props to that. You got to got to never give up.
1: Keep on trucking.
0: So Karen, she wants to go find the guy who sold her the doll because he might know something. That's fair enough. Fortunately, that's a really bad part of town. And Mike's like, yeah, don't go there right now. Karen's like, eh, I'm going to go anyway without a weapon. Rule number five, lock and load. This is when you lock and load.
1: Yeah, if you're going into a a dangerous situation with... Alone. Alone. You're going there alone. You you lock and load. Yeah.
0: Get something. Have have a knife or some mace or a taser or anything. Right. You know? Because she's going to need it. Because she ends up finding the guy after asking around for a while. The guy, you know, she tries to pay the guy money and she doesn't have very much on her. So he tries to rape her.
1: I still stick by it. She gets over far too quickly. You can be concerned about your son, but take a second for yourself and be like, holy shit, this guy that sold me a demon doll (laughs) just tried to put his seed in me.
0: Yeah, but Mike fortunately shows up and beats him up and gets him to talk, and he found the Chucky doll at the toy store that got blown the fuck up. Mike's a little rattled by this and just, like, tosses the guy away. He's like, get the hell out of here. Might want to arrest this guy if he's, like, an attempted rapist.
1: You know, he's got sexual assault that he just saw him commit yep he's selling demonic do mean, dolls number three do your damn job mike bring him in for questioning yep. ask him more questions than just where did you get the doll now get out of here yeah that was more new york than chicago but yeah. you know
0: yeah so not great mike but eventually he tells her like yeah this was charles lee ray that's where he died uh i shot him that I, I killed him He's He was after Eddie Caputo and me. That was the last thing he said before he died. He said, he's going to get us both. And so Karen's like, oh, so you're next. No, I'm fine. Mike takes her home, and she's like, okay, where did Charles Lee Ray live? And he t- he tells her, and she's like, okay, let's go. And he's like, no, okay, I'm, I'm throwing you out of my car. Bye. I don't know. If you're Mike here, do you buy into this killer doll thing yet? What do you think? You haven't seen it.
1: It's a good question. You haven't seen it, but at this point, I feel like, after it's revealed that they this doll was bought from the same place that you killed a serial killer. The serial killer's accomplice has now been mysteriously killed, supposedly, by this this doll, yeah. after you've brought the kid back in.
0: Not to mention if that you, weird lightning storm.
1: The weird lightning storm happened. You gotta think some something's up. And if if anything, maybe not jumping to the conclusion that it is the doll yet, but knowing knowing enough where It's something out of the ordinary is happening. Sure. So again, rule
0: number one, Mike, you should know you're in a horror movie at this point. You don't exactly know what type of horror movie it is, but you know something is wrong and you should be on your guard.
1: Something's a little fucky.
0: Yeah. So this, this does rattle Mike enough where he goes back to his office. He gets some files on Charles Lee Ray and then he starts driving home. Doesn't check his back See Chucky's in the back and tries to strangle him. Rule number two, Mike, constant vigilance. This is a really fun sequence. Just this crazy car sequence. It's insane.
1: Very intense.
0: Yeah. Because Chucky, he manages to hit him with a um, cigarette lighter in the car. Yes. And burn Chucky off of him. So, you know, good for him. He didn't give up. Never give yeah. up. Next thing you try, might work. Yeah. And then Chucky starts stabbing through the chair, almost getting him in the crotch.
1: It's nuts. It's intense. He's, it's intense.
0: Yeah. it It's a really fun sequence. And then he tries to slam on the brakes, which is the rational thing to do. Right. Chucky slams on the gas. <laughs> And then is driving in a way where there's a wall on his left side so he can't jump out of the car. Right. So eventually Mike just crashes the car, which I think is fair enough at this point.
1: I'm surprised the car made it that far. <laughs> I mean, he was running over trash bins, he was hitting street signs. Nothing nothing stops those old eighties models. They just keep on keep on going.
0: I've only seen this movie once, and it was like eight years ago. And I remembered the car crashing, but I didn't realize it went on for this long. So I was just like, oh, my God. What is this going to end? It just
1: keeps on giving.
0: Yeah, it was wonderful. So we get this really fun sequence where he's... Mike is trapped upside down in the car. Chucky tries to stab him, but misses. So now Chucky's just basically running circles around the car, and Mike's shooting at him. Finally, Mike gets his shot off. Um, Rule number 22, take the shot. You gotta... Chucky's going to come get you. You gotta just keep firing. At least you went out swinging. You know, you might miss... But he eventually hits him, takes the shot, and Chucky leaves because it hurts him. It doesn't kill him, but it does hurt him, and Chucky's bleeding. He's a doll; He's not supposed to bleed.
1: <laughs> Something's up.
0: Yep. The next day, Karen goes to Charles Lee Ray's place. There's lots of weird voodoo stuff there, and Mike arrives, and he wants to go visit an associate of Charles Lee Ray's named John Bishop. Unfortunately, Chucky's already there to meet John, and John was the guy who taught Charles all this voodoo stuff, and now John's not a bad guy. He just is knowledgeable about this, and he wasn't trying to teach him for evil purposes. He was just a mentor. Chucky's like, "Yeah, how the hell do I get out of this? Why am I, why am I, why am I dying here? Why am I bleeding?" And John's like, "Yeah, I ain't gonna tell you. You're an abomination. No, you're evil. I'm not gonna help you." Unfortunately, John screws up. If a known like psycho shows up on a doll looking like a complete maniac, and he's also a serial killer, rule number five: lock and load. Instead, he just goes to the phone to call for help. You think that's going to work now?
1: I think there's a few. One, walk and load. Or, run, bitch, run. (laughs) (laughs) Run, bitch! Ah! There's a fucking demonic doll in your house. Yeah. Asking about voodoo shit.
0: Yeah, rule number two. Get the hell out there. Run, bitch, run. You can outrun Chucky.
1: Your legs are about three times as long. Yeah. He's freshly shot. Honestly, you could just kick him, punt him away, and then run
0: the other direction. Good. I mean, granted, he'll probably keep coming for you. Probably. But, you know, if he is dying, he's human. He's becoming more and more human, so he can die easily, more easily. I mean, you just got to, like, hold out for a bit and wait for him to get killed. <laughs> Instead, he just picks up the phone to try and call for help. What are you going to say? I mean, I guess he could say, like, help I'm being attacked in my house. Okay, fine. Fair enough. But that's not the best solution for this immediate problem. No. Yeah, sometimes you got to take, the, you got to handle the fight yourself. Right. So, John, bad job. Because, unfortunately, Chucky's got a voodoo doll. And then that's where the run, bitch, one wouldn't really work.
1: True.
0: maybe may the fight wouldn't work either. Maybe John was totally screwed from the get-go. Because Chucky breaks his arms and
1: legs. <laughs> I have a question about voodoo dolls in general. What purpose do they serve outside of hurting people? Like, I can't imagine why you would create a voodoo doll of yourself if the only thing it's going to do is, like, pins and needles in yourself like if it's some like weird sex thing and like you want to fucking like jack yourself off i i suppose you can do that through voodoo but like what what other purpose does this voodoo you doll? Could, like
0: put a blessing on the doll maybe good things to happen to you we have a phrase we like to use on the podcast for when something doesn't make sense when it's just like magical crazy thing stonehenge magic bullshit which is halloween three okay the entire plot of halloween three is stonehenge magic bullshit so I'm going to go ahead and say this is some Stonehenge magic voodoo bullshit.
1: It was the the voodoo doll was there because it was. Yes. Okay. Sometimes movies have plot holes. <laughs> really? I mean, that's a fun fact. <laughs> Even horror movies from the 80s? You
0: know, surprisingly enough, every once in a while, wow. horror movies from the 80s have plot holes. It happens. So he's torturing John, and John, at this point, you're kind of screwed. So you might as well just like, okay, fine. Don't kill me. Here's what you need to know. You have to do this ritual. Basically, the first person you told your secret to, your real name, that you're really a human, you have to transfer your soul into their body, and then you will be fine. That's Andy, six-year-old Andy. Great. And then Chucky just stabs him to death, the voodoo doll. I mean, he's not dead yet, but he stabs him to the voodoo doll, and he's he's done.
1: Well, I'm going to go ahead and say on Chucky's part, if you are doing enough work to get into voodoo magic, to turn yourself into a doll or some other object... You should probably go into it knowing how to get out of it. Mm. This shouldn't this shouldn't be a question you're asking after the fact.
0: That's a good point. Yeah, you, you should have. Um, you probably should have known this beforehand. So Mike and Karen arrive. They get to John as he's dying, and he's like, "You got to stop him from getting to Andy and doing the before the ritual, stabbing the heart, or kill him in the heart, or something." Or I'm sorry, he says the har.
1: The har. Yeah.
0: So, whatever that is. But great. They Okay, so they got some information. Good on John for hanging on long enough to pass on this intel. And this is, this is an indictment of Chucky. You gotta double tap. Rule number six, you can't leave him alive.
1: Finish him off.
0: Finish him off, because now they know your weakness. Guess what? They're going to use this to beat you. If they didn't do that, if you'd killed John at the time, they wouldn't have been able to do this. He would have won Chucky. Dumbass. For John, he was in a tough spot because voodoo, Stonehenge magic bullshit. But he should have at least tried to like lock and load and and tried to fight or tried to run, not just call the police. Like that's not good enough. That's about all I got for John. Yeah. So at the mental hospital, Andy looks out the window and he sees Chucky coming in, and Andy's like, "Oh shit, (laughs) that's not good. He's gonna come kill me." Because he had threatened Andy earlier with, "Like, hey, if you tell anybody about me, I will kill you." So this poor kid is terrified that this killer doll is coming for him, and. A- the actor, um, Alex Vincent, does a really good job.
1: Like, oh, man, he's terrified. Good good acting. Random tangent. Um, one of my favorite lines from the movie is definitely when Chucky is figuring out all this voodoo stuff. And he talks about having a date with a six-year-old. And Ew.
0: Uh, phrasing. Phrasing, Chucky.
1: Phrasing. Funny thing, though, I'm pretty sure that line is also said... In Jeffrey Epstein's version of Child's Play.
0: Oh, that's a zinger. Zing. Oh, timely joke. So he tries screaming for help. He's locked in a cell. What can he do? But Dr. Ardmore is like, yeah, okay, Uh, no, I'm not going to let you out of here. There's no doll coming to get you.
1: Fair enough. This Mm -hmm.
0: kid, he he probably thinks he's got like schizophrenia or something. It's Mm -hmm. fair. Poor kid. Chucky gets the hospital keys, gets into Annie's room, sees a lump in the blankets and it's the old pillow in the blankets trick classic clever for a little five-year-old and andy gets out he runs away through the hospital chucky manages to get out the window and the the hospital staffs are all after him it's just chaos at the hospital now but andy goes and hides in the operating room and chucky attacks him but andy gets a hold of a scalpel and rule number five lock and load he's ready he's ready tripping all over the place (laughs) be careful with the scalpel. Unfortunately, Dr. Ardmore comes in, takes the scalpel away from him, and, like, puts it down on the ground. Chucky takes the scalpel, slices Dr. Ardmore, and puts a headset on him and electrocutes him to death.
1: Almost as burnt as Andy's toast.
0: Yes. Yeah, foreshadowing. (laughs) You know, Dr. Ardmore never had a chance to know he was really in a horror movie, I don't think. But the one thing I will say is, after Chucky put the head strap on him, he really didn't react like, Oh, I should probably take that off real quick. Right. He's he's very slow on the draw, so you know this kind of falls under rule number 28 run bitch run get the fuck out of there that rule is basically move bitch move (laughs) with 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 purpose move your ass right take the headset off If, if a psycho doll puts something on your head you should probably get rid of it
1: it probably isn't a good thing he's not he's not doing it out of goodwill no
0: so that's all i have for him is run bitch run i would say the same sounds good Andy escapes the hospital. Mike and Karen arrive, and they get filled in on everything, and they realize, yeah, Andy's going back to the apartment. We should get back there. And we go into the third act, final battle, and it's pretty glorious. I think it pays off. Yeah. It pays off. This is some good stuff. So Andy gets home, and he is preparing his defenses. He's barricading himself in. He hides in the closet. He has a baseball bat. He's locked and loaded again. Smart kid. I'm impressed with this this stuff. Like, some good tactical decisions. I... Home Alone 5 should be about uh, Andy Barkley. I think
1: he'd be pretty good. I would say I think he would last a little bit longer than Kevin McAllister.
0: See, I don't know about that. Kevin McAllister's a genius. That's true. But I would sign off on a crossover.
1: That would be interesting.
0: Kevin and Andy uh, team up to fight off Chucky and the Wet Bandits.
1: Who would last longer? Kevin McAllister against Chucky or Andy against the Wet Bandits?
0: I think Kevin would last longer against Chucky.
1: I think that's fair. Yeah. I think Kevin would be a lot. He would be a lot more straightforward trying to take care of Chucky.
0: I think Chucky is susceptible to booby traps.
1: It's very true. I think I, it's a not, very good point. I
0: want this movie so bad.
1: I, I'm sure if we tweeted it enough, at Macaulay McCully Culkin Culkin, he'd be up for it. He would be up for it.
0: So Chucky arrives through the fireplace, and Andy tries to hit him with a baseball bat. It doesn't work, and we get a little bit of a chase sequence. Cause Andy unfortunately drops his bat. Rule number seven, don't leave your weapon behind.
1: Firmly grasp it. Come on, Andy. Hold on your weapon.
0: You got to hold on to that. You need him. And eventually Chucky sneaks up on Andy and knocks him out. He starts doing the ritual, and Mike and Karen show up, and they manage to stop it before it's too late. And then we just get this amazing sequence of them, the three of them fighting Chucky. Chucky stabs Mike. By the way, Mike and Karen both have guns. They're locked and loaded. They're ready. But Chucky stabs Mike and ends up knocking him out with a baseball bat. So Mike, Mike's out of the movie for a bit. But Karen comes in and shoots Chucky, just like, no fucks given. Cold-blooded. Unfortunately, her gun jams. Nothing you can do about that. That's just unfortunate. Then she traps Chucky in the fireplace, just with, like, her brute strength alone. And with Andy's help, they light him on fire. And Chucky's, like, pleading with Andy, like, no, I'm your friend at the end. And Andy says, this is the end, friend, and lights him up.
1: What a great line. Oh my god, it's so good. Calling someone friend, I think is right, right up there with buddy guy. Yeah.
0: Al. I'm, I'm not your friend, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Chucky just burns up and they assume he's dead. Unfortunately, you shouldn't do that. I mean, rule number six is double tap. Yeah. You know, get the heart. Yeah. Get the har. The har. But also, rule number thirty-three, never assume you're safe. It ain't over yet. And they just kind of assume it's over. Right. And they, they're going to do it again, too. I mean, to be fair, it, it looks he looks way more dead than your usual killer. Like, normally, they're like, oh, they stab him once. Oh, we're safe. Or they shoot him once. Oh, we're safe. No, they burned him alive. It's a little more acceptable than most.
1: Yes, I would
0: agree. So they go back and check on Mike, and he's hurt. So Karen's like, okay, Andy, go get the first aid kit. And he goes out there. Chucky's gone. Mom? <laughs> Chucky's gone. Chucky attacks him again. And so they're all hiding out in the bedroom, and Chucky's trying to get in. And it's a really exciting sequence. Chucky's stabbing through the door, almost getting Karen over and over again. I will say she should have moved away from the door a little bit and just, like, used her weight to hold yeah, the door Yeah, using...
1: It, she not great. the door. Not, not great body position. Yeah. Uh,
0: I, I just assumed uh, she panicked a little bit. Rule number 10, don't panic. She does get cut, but she's mostly fine. But, yeah, Chucky ends up getting in through the other door. So, not great, but another chase sequence but she manages to get her hand on a gun again and just destroys Chucky she blasts his head off blasts off like two of his limbs it's really amazing Mm -hmm. she takes the shot and she succeeds roll number 22 take the shot she did multiple shots and she shoots him multiple times and like completely destroys him fires two shots into the body and apparently misses the heart
1: but she can she can she can take off heads limbs I want her on my
0: side in the zombie apocalypse absolutely you know, Chucky's not dead yet, but I'm not going to hold that against her because you fired two shots at the torso. You destroyed everything. His head's gone. His limbs are gone.
1: At this point, you've double, triple, and quadruple. Yeah,
0: she she did everything right except she just missed the heart, and, you know, it looked like she got the heart. Right. What do you do? Sometimes you just, you can't win. No. That sucks. It is a really cool scene, though. Uh, Mike's partner, Jack, arrives, and he's really calm about the fact that he just heard, like, six gunshots.
1: Not a big deal. Just walks in. What's going on?
0: Do your damn job, Jack. Number three.
1: Not breaking a sweat. Just kind of strolling in.
0: You should come in with your gun locked and loaded, ready to go. But whatever. Nope. He comes in. He's like, so what happened? They're like, oh, yeah, Chucky's alive. He's like, okay, no. And he...
1: Are you sure?
0: No. And he goes and picks up the head. He's like, this isn't alive. What are you guys talking about? And then the torso pops out of a vent somehow and attacks Jack. It's really funny. Karen... Manages to pull uh, Chucky off of uh, Jack. And Mike finally shoots uh, Chucky in the heart and kills him. And that's the end of Chucky. Take the shot. Good job, Mike. Go for it. Get it. And then we get a freeze frame on them leaving. And that is the end of Child's Play.
1: Boom. Perfect ending to any movie is the freeze frame. Yes. The only way this movie could be better in the beginning is if it started out in the middle and then also had a freeze frame and had an overdub of Chucky going... I bet you're wondering how I got here.
0: Perfect. Every movie should have that. Every single movie. Those one. are a
1: staple of the movie. Yes.
0: So we didn't come up with any new rules for this episode, unless you have anything you want to throw in. I don't have anything.
1: I would say rule number what rule are we on?
0: 36 or something crazy.
1: Rule 36 don't go chasing Chucky dolls. Please stick to the lakes and streams that you're used to. <laughs> no i don't have any rules yeah,
0: de- denied denied rule <laughs> status all right so let's move on to the awards first we have the randy meeks merit badge which goes to the character who did the best job at following the rules and this is based off randy meeks from scream who created his own list of rules within the movie and it's kind of the inspiration for this podcast
1: there are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie
0: yeah nick do you have any idea or uh, any nomination for a character who you think did the best because I think I have my pick, but if you have anybody.
1: I'm going through all the characters in my head right now. A lot
0: of good characters in this movie, honestly. Pretty pretty competent cast, I would, I would
1: say. I would say so, and I, I feel like a lot of them made... A lot of both good decisions were made with bad results, mm-hmm. which you can't do much about, but there were also a lot of bad decisions made. I think the one character that I can't even though he it didn't always have the outcome they wanted, but always made the right decision was Andy.
0: Andy was pretty good. I will say Andy definitely deserves a nomination. He, especially for a five-year-old. He's so impressive. I mean, he tries so hard.
1: Yeah, he tells the truth. He, you know, probably could have stopped listening to Chucky um, after a bit, yeah. but I'm I'm sure there were some threats from Chucky on yeah. his life. Oh, yeah. But I can't blame him for anything. Sure. Who, who's your who's vote go towards?
0: I think Karen Andy's mom. I think, especially once she knows, like, what's going on. She's so good. She's so determined. A couple of minor mistakes here and there, but she's such a badass when actually fighting Chucky. She traps him in the fireplace she burns him she shoots him so many times and should have killed him but you know just bullshit bad luck right you know she's the one who gets the the torso off of jack she's the one who basically is like mike we got to do something and eventually he turns over she is so determined and so you know she's willing to like even like talk damn it even when her son gets in the mental hospital so i just think you know there's a couple of minor mistakes here and there but i think karen is so impressed i, I want to give it to karen
1: I think that's fair. I could I could go for Karen. I think for a little bit I held too much of a grudge against her at the beginning, just because even though she obviously didn't have any reason to believe Andy about a demonic doll, it just comes off so bitchy. Yeah, I think. It's... But you have. But but that is you know the nature of the story of, of the story, and I'm sure if a five year old told me that a doll pushed my friend out a window, I'd be like, Carrie. No, shut up.
0: Yeah, I think it plays better on the rewatch. Uh, I believe that. So, yeah, I'll, I'll give uh, Karen Barkley the Randy Meeks Merit badge this time. Now, for the Knight of the Living Pleb Award, which is goes to the character who did the worst job at following the rules. And this is based off Barbara from Knight of the Living Dead, who's just the worst character ever. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Stop it. You're ignorant. They're coming for you, Barbara. Uh, this time around, though, The Night of the Living Club, honestly, I think there's only one real option. I mean, I guess you could throw John in there a little bit, but honestly, I think it's Maggie.
1: I'd say that's fair.
0: You know, just that the whole finding the flower, sugar, cocaine, whatever that was, and just being like, oh, eh, whatever, I'll just clean it up. What did that, Maggie? Figure it out! It, just writes it off. What bugs me most in horror movies, I think, is when a character should realize they're in a horror movie and they don't, and Maggie absolutely violates that rule. The number one rule, Maggie violates it, and so I think Maggie's the the pleb. What do you think?
1: I think that's fair. I am glad that Chucky took care of her early, so we <laughs> didn't have to sit through any more of her mistakes.
0: <laughs> Maggie is the night of the living pleb, and she's not so living anymore. Okay, so Nick, did you like being on the podcast?
1: I enjoyed it. Yeah? I feel like I I learned a little bit about surviving a horror movie, and maybe even a little bit about surviving life.
0: That's what we aim to do here. Do you want to come back?
1: I, I, I could be coerced. Okay.
0: Well, if that's the case, you get to reserve a movie that you would like to talk about on the podcast. So anything that hasn't already been reserved, go for it.
1: You know, I have this fascination with serial killers, so I think I'm gonna have to go that route. I think we're gonna go I think we're gonna go Hitchcock's Psycho. Psycho!
0: That's fun. I've been wanting somebody to pick that one. All right, psycho. That'll be great. I'm I'm really excited to do that one. I love the, the Psycho series besides the remake I, there's four Psycho movies and I love all four of them they're they're a blast sweet okay so now it's time to spin the wheel and on the wheel we have a Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors, Children of the Corn The Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2 Halloween 6 The Curse of Michael Myers Child's Play 2 Leprechaun 2, Saw 2 and Friday the 13th Part 3 Gima go ahead and spin the wheel <laughs> Oh my god! Oh, it's there. We're starting a new series. We got Children of the Corn.
1: Another movie I have not seen. Why is it with horror movies they can make so many and they're cheap a to make?
0: People watch them for some reason, and here we are. I've seen all ten of them. Why? I hate myself clearly.
1: I I I feel the same way. <laughs>
0: All right, so uh, Derek is actually going to be on for Children of the Corn because he got this, he got us here. He reserved Children of the Corn five specifically for himself. So as punishment for doing that, I'm going to make him watch Children of the Corn one as well. So that'll be just fucking great. You can follow us at How to Horror on Twitter and on Instagram at How to Survive a Horror Movie. There's hardly anything posted on there. One day I will add more, probably. Uh, yeah, I think that's been a that's about it. Uh, thanks for coming on the podcast, Nick.
1: Appreciate it. It was
0: very fun. You were a good guest. Uh, very funny and witty occasionally.
1: Nah, you know, occasionally is what I what I shoot for.
0: <laughs> All right, this has been the How to Survive a Horror Movie podcast. Stay safe out there. <coughs>